0: Welcome back to another episode of the Higher Love with Megan podcast, talking all things holistic health and mind, body, soul healing and expansion with me, your host, Megan Cooper. Well, hello. I've had a little hiatus these past weeks from podcasting, planning some awesome new work offerings, but I'm extremely excited to be back with what I think is a massive bang by interviewing my first man on this podcast. And what a conversation this one was. In this episode, my friend, coach and breathwork facilitator Stephen Todd and I dug into some topics that I feel really need some airtime. Modern day masculinity, what it means to be a man in today's society, men's work, plus how men and women can support one another and have loving, healthy, expansive relationships and evolve together. I've been feeling for a while that even though my own coaching work is predominantly with women... I really want my greater work to include the voice or voices of men. I'm very fortunate enough to be surrounded by some incredible men in my life doing inspiring things in the area of holistic health, men's work and coaching, holding the torch for men to expand and connect deeply to their authenticity and centre. I truly feel that the evolution of our society comes in the cooperation between men between women and between men and women, or however you choose to identify. So from now on, you can expect to hear insights and teachings from men who inspire me too. This is definitely a must listen for men in my community, especially those wishing to dive a bit deeper into their own internal landscape, or feel inspired about a new way of being or seeing the world. Men wishing to feel empowered by and ease with all aspects of themselves. And for the women listening to this, I hope it will give you a deeper insight into a man's world. And I hope that you'll share it with men who you think will benefit from it. So introducing Stephen Todd, Stephen and I met in Ubud in Bali where I used to live and where Stephen is still currently, although he's moving soon back to his native New Zealand. Stephen has been on a 12 year journey of self discovery, learning what it is to be a man and to deeply understand and embody freedom. It was through hitting rock bottom at the age of 27 that he got his wake up call to take full responsibility for his life, to own his feelings and emotions, to let go of his past and come back to presence. Stephen now lives his life helping other people transform their lives through coaching and trauma release breathwork. I hope that you get as much from this conversation as I did. Enjoy. Hey friend, welcome. I'm really, really excited to create this episode with you. Obviously, you and I met in Ubud in Bali. And I was always struck by you as a human, by... Firstly, how much strong warrior energy you had about you, but also this like incredible softness and gentleness and sense of love. And then this playfulness, but also this deep sincerity that you carried as a human. Yeah, it always really kind of drew me to you as a very, very special human. So of course, when I wanted to start having conversations with men on this podcast, you were one of the first that came to my mind. So I'm really grateful for you joining me today. So thank you for being here.
1: oh wow what a what a what an introduction that was uh, i'd like to meet that guy he sounds pretty cool (laughs) thank you though yeah thank you and uh, i feel very honored that i'm i'm the first man on your podcast so (laughs) hello to to all the audience up there
0: Amazing. So why don't we kickstart by talking about how you stepped into this work, how you stepped into this lifestyle, what was the shift of kind of who you used to be, who you are now, and how and why did that change come about?
1: Yeah, I. this work started to happen naturally. The more I got in touch with myself, the more I learned about my own emotions, how to manage myself and take responsibility and for, for who I am as a man and take responsibility for my projections that I'd put onto other people and w- w- withdraw them. Um, but before that I was getting myself into quite a bit of trouble as a, uh, in my early twenties, late teens, early twenties, maybe mid twenties actually as well. I was being conditioned a certain way from where I grew up and I had a lot of pain, a lot of shame that I had no idea was there, but it was still sitting there and I had built structures upon structures in my personality of how to defend myself from not having to feel that pain again and quite often some of those were defense mechanisms which would then lead me to get into trouble or for me to wake up in the morning after I've had a fight with some guy or something and then feeling really guilty so then I was in a loop of hurting somebody else because I felt hurt and then I'd wake up and feel hurt that I've hurt somebody else and then a few days later, everything's good again. But then it just, it was perpetual, it just continued on. And what it was, is it was a, it was some experiences I had as a young child. There was a few traumatic episodes, perhaps we might talk about them at some point. I'm open to that. And they left me feeling empty, alone, full of shame and with a very, very low self-esteem. And I didn't like feeling like that. So I would do things in order to not feel that, which were unhealthy. So eventually as I took my path, I was looking, I was looking at myself and I was like, well, wow, if I continue down this way, I'm gonna end up with no friends and probably end up in jail. <laughs> the way I was heading, I've shared a bit with you, maybe I'll share it during the podcast. But it was it was not looking good for me. And I'm a good guy. I've always known I was a good guy with a good heart. So I like I said at the start, I was just decided to take it upon myself to better myself as a man and learn what it was, what it is to be a man and I took my time, started healing my traumas, my mind, and started with my mind until I could get into my body to start looking at these, uh, some of these constrictions, these these emotions that had been stored there for a long time and step-by-step, piece-by-piece, just releasing them and learning more about myself. The more I did that, the more I would open up, the more happiness I would feel, the more freedom I would feel, the more connection I would feel, and then life would show me another door to the next shadow or the next the next step, the next step, because I just keep showing up. And like you said, I do have a really wrong, a really powerful warrior energy in me that I was like, okay, well, i take my sword with me into the underworld and I will do what is necessary to make sure that wherever that king is within me, he's directing me as I go take care of all of these dragons and then come back. And yeah, eventually I got to a place where I felt empowered enough and clean and clear enough that I could then start to facilitate and give back to other people. And I really took my time with that and really checked them with my why. Why why do I want to be helping people? What's that for? And yeah, I feel very clear with that. And yes, led me to where I am today, where I live in Bali. I've got a good life around me. There's no more like violence, no more abuse, no more alcohol, none of that. That's just it's such a distant memory. And I've just got good friends around me, good people, like drama-free life. And this is all because of, the, the clarity I have within my inner world I would say that that's kind of how old am I 39 39 years and and three minutes so
0: <laughs> amazing so okay so on the back of that what do you feel is modern day masculinity you know what does it mean to be a healthy man in the world today
1: yeah I love this question and this will be partly my opinion but partly what I've you know heard from other men and what I see in a in a healthy expression of a man is I'm in a men's group. It's uh, from the Mankind Project called an I Group, and we focus on four different archetypes: the king, the warrior, the magician, and the lover. and we we learn about their shadow aspects and how a lot of men are still kind of hanging out on those shadow aspects because we've never really been taught otherwise. So to have to have a healthy expression of those four archetypes works really well. Uh, taking responsibility for projections you know and uh, for mistakes, let's say and making sure that if somebody's making a if a man's making a mistake that he will start to rectify that by being honest with himself and you know le- learning that big v word vulnerability you know and where in the right time and space to be able to sit and share openly who you are and your flaws and your blunders and what's really going on for you in the moment so, that's a big piece of it, and it's just when I say taking responsibility for projections, that's also the emotions underneath that—that that, feelings, emotions that a man doesn't want to feel, doesn't know that he doesn't want to feel them, doesn't know how to feel them. Um, a healthy expression would be to, like I said, to start to find ways to feel them, or at least talk about them and acknowledge them, and know that they're there. I mean that that that's the that's the basis of it. I mean to have um. Uh, everybody who asked me this i say the first thing you need to have as a man is a men's group you need to be part of a tribe of men who are also learning to better themselves and realize that none of us are there yet that we're all going to accept each other and work with each other and support each other without judgment and hold back from handing advice out <laughs> unless it's asked for we're big on that one <laughs> nobody likes that <laughs> uh, that that's a few things. I mean, I'm not a father. So there's there's certain part archetypes of a man or parts of a man that I don't understand yet. So I'm not gonna speak on that. But yeah, just healthy expression of who you are, authentic expression, you know, it's always good to have banter and all the, you know, like to know how to protect yourself and all, you know, I think that's as part of it as well, you know, not to just become like really diminish your warrior energy because it's like violence is bad and all this sort of stuff it's like no violence is not cool but to know how to protect you and yours is also to me as part of that knowing that you can do that you know be a good provider in terms of like safety for a partner as well and uh, yeah coming into relationship status yeah a man that has learnt or learning how to bring his sexuality up into his heart you know, that's it's it's uh, relatively new concept, perhaps to to some people. Something I've learnt myself. It really makes a lot of sense, and to really respect your woman, you know, see her for who she is instead of what object you have been taught to project onto her, and that is also learning how to hold a container if you really want that and i don't know we'll probably talk about the masculine feminine dynamics at some point through this as well which i'd love to be open to that around really learning how to be strong and your masculine and let your woman surrender and let her really flourish let's say and know that she's safe so she doesn't have to do all the things that you as a man really should I use that word loosely, but if if you want the dynamic right then that you you could be doing to in order for your relationship to be a bit more juicy, let's say and the, the last thing is and this is a tough one it's something I've been through and conquered myself is withdrawing the the uh, attachment to the mother, and that's like, uh, you know that's a whole other subject all by itself, but it's for a man to really step back from his mother you know because it's, it's a lot of us men most of us men did not have a rite of passage or anything so we never really fully transitioned psychologically from boy to man a lot of us i speak from my own experience my own surroundings had fathers who were not really present or were, were you know they didn't really go through the what we need to go through either so how the fuck were they meant to know and to really learn how to withdraw the projection of a man's a man projecting his mother onto his girlfriend or onto his wife and then unconsciously looking for his mummy and his partner so that's a tough one but that that's that would be my opinion and my views on what healthy masculinity is so there's a few things there but that's what that's what comes to mind
0: amazing there's there's like so many different avenues i want to speak about now <laughs> And I'd love to delve, I'd love to delve a little bit into the archetypes as well. I'd love to circle back to that. But just to follow on from what you were saying about this rite of passage, because I remember that you did a video, I think it was last year or even the year before, about the rite of passage. And I know that in Bali, you went off and you did a kind of ritual ceremony for a few days with a group of men going into this rite of passage and you did a video about how the rite of passage is really something that we have been missing out in our modern day society could you speak a little bit to that
1: yeah yeah that's uh I think there's more awareness around it now I've been through I would say three of them but not traditionally like in tribal times like three, three different styles of it let's say so the rite of passage for young boys is usually around the age of 13 this was back in tribal times. So they still do it in like the Pacific Islands. And I've had friends who are from Tonga, Samoa, who have been through this, but it's not necessarily in our Western culture at all. I would have never heard of it before up until I had to read about it myself or through my friends telling me. And that's where a boy, usually the age of 13, up until then he's still quite connected to his mother, let's say. And The father's there too, but then they will at some point strip the boy from the mother with the elders, with some older men of the community, of the tribe, take him out into the bush on like a bit of a vision quest or a journey, let's say. And then therefore at some point when it, some of them sound a bit brutal where they that, give him a wound, actually like a physical wound to remind him now that, Hey, now you're, there's a something that shifts within the psyche and the boy now starts to become a man. And then obviously he gets new tasks within the, the tribe or, you know, he gets uh, new responsibilities and things like that. And he will then start to move away from his mother still probably have as much love and as much connection, but there's something psychologically shifts. And, you know, that would also come back to all of our attachment wounds and all the rest of it, you know, like attachment that we have to our parents and stuff. So so it's very understandable. So that doesn't happen anymore. No, I'd never heard of it until I reached out. And uh, in 2016, I did uh, a mankind project. It was called the New Warrior Weekend. So it was to st- stimulate, simulate a rite of passage where we got stripped of our name and everything. We had to go through and face a wound in front of other men. I remember I was just bawling my eyes out. We barely ate for the weekend. And then we went through all these different trials and tribulations, which was really cool. I got to see men in their 50s who had never felt a feeling. And well, never consciously process the feeling in their whole life up until that weekend i remember there was a, i remember this one specific guy he was in his 50s and never addressed anything from his inner world it was, it was amazing i've never seen that so uh and then yeah the one you're talking about we, it was four weeks in a row where we spent and this was about warrior training as well you know and it's this is something that's always been very natural within me and yet i was able to take that to the next level and i called it a rite of passage it was my bro who organized it and facilitated it it was he was more so calling like the the warrior activation so i i still believe and i understand that the warrior is the one you know that that steps out and is the man he's the one that does he's the one that doesn't think he does he takes action he's accountable he's in integrity he's he follows honor as well so for me that was uh, i realized that i was yet to clear up the last of my mother stuff let's say so throughout that time i was able to really resolve the last bits of the little boy within me that was still attached to his mum and the problems i had through the way i was disciplined as a child by her and i was able to completely release all of that and wow you know once that happened i it's like my psyche opened up. You know, I see it in different visuals or, you know, in my own abstract way in my own abstract world. It was like, wow, this whole other side of me opened up. And, it, you know, it took some time to process that as well and integrate that. But yeah, that that's oh, how old was I when I did that, like 38, let's say, you know, and I still felt like a strong man before that, but I still caught some of it in me I was a whole, wow, okay, cool. I'll I'll, I'll I'll go down and have a look at that. And, you know, that, that's the thing that, if I hadn't done things like that, would that have prevented me from really fully being more of who I can be? You know, and more of this needs to be happening in the world. And I think it'll come through, man. That like, you know, men's work's very popular now you know, and it's, it's well needed. Uh, I'm surrounded by it. I've got friends all over the world who are offering it or who are part of it. And it's only going to be a matter of time before this comes into our society, our Western society, me being from New Zealand as well, where they start to take 13-year-old boys out into the bush for the weekend or something and you know like really strip them of who they thought they were and you know do whatever else they need to do to give them that, that transition so uh, what I see in this world there's a lot of men walking around who have never been able to transition away from that so psychologically unconsciously still attached to the mother and then therefore that is played out within their relationship and then quite often if you I reckon if you sat both of them down and you ask the wife or the partner what's really going on she would If she was very honest with herself, she would probably be a little bit disappointed because of like some of the things that she wishes her man would be doing, but he doesn't know that he's, he doesn't know that he doesn't know. And this is not a judgment either. I'm just saying like that's, I've seen it around me, you know, and and until if you don't know, you don't know. And that's would be what the rite of passage is to me and what's lacking.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I wonder what our political systems and things would look like if this was just normal for men. <laughs> wow, what a harmonious world we might live in. <laughs> uh,
1: would, there, would, there be a, would there be a bunch of little boys driving their getting their little warrior little soldiers to drive tanks into another country to bomb each other and it's like yeah it's just little boy games yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly exactly okay so just to circle back around I would love for you to explain a little bit about archetypes because it's kind of just understanding like men as multifaceted beings right you know obviously as women we're also multifaceted beings but just understanding these different sides of us and maybe that would be a good kind of foundation just to bring into a lot of the conversation that we're going going to have so if you could just talk a little bit about the warrior magician lover king
1: cool yeah yeah for sure so there's the king this is this is what all men are born to aspire to I believe and that what is the king he's the one who owns his own empire his kingdom you know remember a lot of this is within the inner world but then Uh, that an integrated man would be who somebody who has a healthy family structure. He's runs, runs the ship, you know, let's say his his queen feels satisfied and she feels safe. And this is where a lot of men are lacking as well, because we haven't had a king before us to show us how to be that, you know, a majority of us men. And that's, that's understandable with the way we've been brought up. So the king is, would be, he kind of rules the three other archetypes. And he's the one that sends the warrior out out to battle. He's the one who calls upon the magician to shift energy, or you know, to shift an emotion, or something like that. Calls upon the lover to then be able to be more soft, or to listen, or to be, you know, to be more gentle. So yeah, the, the king from from my studies and from what we talk about in my men's group is the one that you know, not a lot, p- perhaps you know, and I might be wrong here, but not a lot of men have really attained that energy and its fullest. You know, I believe we're getting there. And maybe, you know, I'd happy to be challenged on that. And um, but that's been my experience. And you know, I've got a good king within me, but I, I also see times where I'm not, you know, or where I could step it up some more for sure. And I aspire to, and I do every day the best I can. Uh he has he has two, he, there's a shadow of the king, and there's there's two poles of the shadow. So there's the tyrant king, who when a guy, when a man is out of not being the integrated king he's a tyrant and what, we all know what a tyrant does he's the one that you know like you'd see perhaps that, that guy running Korea, south north korea or something like that you know just just for an example with king jong or whatever just for example and then the the repressive side of that shadow is the weakling prince the 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 guy who just gets pushed around he doesn't know how to run his own kingdom you know doesn't know how to run his own life so that that's that, that's the shadow poles. I mean, it's a really deep talk, topic, but I do want to share the basics of it. And then there's the magician. The magician, from from my understanding, through my own work and how how we, me and all my brothers experience it, is he's the one that if you want to do some shadow work, if you want to go in and you know to start to transform your life, or if you're willing to take responsibility for what's what's happening in your life, then. Firstly, actually, you'll use the warrior to go in. He's the one who's going to go in, you know, like kind of start hacking away with a sword or whatever. And then the magician's there. And the magician is the one that can transform energy, lead into gold, let's say. you know, he's the one that's doing the work. When a man shifts his emotions around or shifts the belief or, you know, something like that, that that's magic, right? That's That's the magician at play. And then, yeah, I'll come to the warrior last because it's my favorite, obviously then there's there's the lover and the lover is the one that is more connected to nature connected i want to say connected to us you know i'm very careful using the word feminine when i'm talking about men's work because how it can be mis misrepresented or misinterpreted but it's more so around i guess it is the the more yin qualities you know like being in touch with your feelings your emotions being able to probably connect with women more in that way or connected to nature you know and and one of one of the the shadows of that is the addicted lover that's the one who has not really taken responsibility for his feelings so therefore he's addicted to sex or to drugs or to dopamine or you know whatever it is because he's unable to transform because his magician might not be online king's definitely not there the warrior is probably not there so an addicted lover is somebody who's just you know just bypassing life and just going going through with Avoiding, you know, so that that there's one part of the lover, and then there's the warrior, my beloved warrior, and he's uh, he's the one that he he doesn't think, he just does. He's emotionless, and he will just do what is necessary. And you know, that's when I say emotionless is because you really need all four archetypes integrated. The lover would be more the emotions, right? You know, so this is where we we're gonna find where we're balanced or not. And the warrior is the one, yeah, that's sent by the king to go do the work, you know, go go in and see what's there. Or he's the one that would like, if you want to journey into new lands within your own landscape or, you know, anywhere it would be to use your warrior energy. The warrior energy is also protection, right? The warrior energy is the one that, yeah, can stand in the fire. He can do what is necessary. And there's the two shadow sides of the, of the warrior is the masochist. This is where he kind of allows himself to fall down or gets treated like shit, you know, whatever it is. And yeah, he's not looking after himself, not doing his job. And then there's the saddest, who the warrior. And I, I, I knew this one. That's the one that I was really like identifying with at times, which was getting me into trouble. Which is the one that goes out and hurts other people, or you know, just uses his power for wrong, for for the wrong reasons. So, yeah, that, that's, that's the basics of it. And then it's just learning how to work with them and see where they're falling short within yourself and where they're strong, whether in the shadow. And, you know, I don't, perhaps I, I think it's possible to be in all the healthy aspects of them, but it just depends on where you are in your journey as a man. And these are the qualities or the archetypes we use within the work I'm, I'm really focused on at the moment.
0: Mm. Amazing. I find it fascinating. Would you say that in our like, modern society, the warrior is the archetype that's being kind of prized? How do you say men, men most present their archetypes before they've done the work around it?
1: That's a good one. I can only speak from what I've seen and from what I understand. And I would say, and the first thing that comes to mind is the addicted lover. That, that's one that, you know, that there's the shadow of that. The warrior is one that, you know, the warrior is the hero in all the movies, you know, everybody, everyone loves a warrior, you know, that's what most of these archetypal movies are about, you know, the the reluctant, the reluctant hero, the next thing is, you know, like Luke Skywalker, or, or Frodo or something like that. So, um, it's also the warrior energy is a way for men to bond, because, you know, I, inherently, I think we all like a little bit of rough and tumble, you know, the little five-year-old boy within us, you know, we all have one of them, unless he's been really pushed away, so... Definitely. I think it's important, you know, you generally with a lot of the guys I work with to really start to build that energy up because the warrior Mm -hmm. provides safety as well. Right. And then if you've got traumas or if you've got emotions or things that you've spent a majority of your life hiding from and they have no need to go, you know, don't really feel a need to go into them because it's fucking scary. Then building up the warrior to show yourself that you're strong enough and that you're safe now to then go in and start to do the deeper work. So, yeah, for example, I've got a mate back in Auckland. He's holding uh, warrior breathwork circles. I haven't attended one, but I happen to see a bunch of happy faces in a photo after every, you know, after every uh, circle that he holds and um, seeing the progression of some of the men from that circle. So it definitely is a way I believe. And it's, it's important. I, I still, I think it's the one that gets shamed the most in society as well. It's the one that is, you know, a lot of it's been the, either the tyrant King or the, the saddest, the shadow side of the warrior where he's out doing, using his power in the wrong way. So therefore we're afraid of it. Society is afraid of it. Therefore we as men who still want to be accepted by everybody has had to kind of shun that energy down and push it away. And that, doesn't really help either, especially if you look at the way the world's going right now. We need more men in a healthy expression of their warrior compared to what we see out in the world and we see what's going over and on in Europe right now. And that's a very unhealthy expression of, I believe. And therefore, men repress it. And yet, it's probably one of the energies that's most needed for men to go into battle in their own inner world. Mm.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, with everything that you're saying, it takes so much strength and bravery to go into this work and to really start excavating and deep diving into, you know, what's been going on throughout your life and also really come up against emotions that we maybe don't want to feel or aren't used to feeling. And I know that, you know, even though men's work is becoming more popular, there are starting to be more spaces in which men can vocalize and explore there's still I don't know what it's like in New Zealand but certainly within the UK there's this sense that it's weak to talk about your emotions or any of these things you know to hear that on that rite of passage journey that you experienced there was a man in his 50s who'd never felt you know that we can go through our whole lives without doing this work how do we know to do this work when actually we can't feel you know if you've gone through your whole life without being able to feel how do you know that there is anything there to to deal with you know like me and my partner talk have been speaking about this quite a bit recently that when you are in a state of stress or overwhelm it's really challenging to know that you are in a straight a state of stress or overwhelm because it becomes your baseline if your baseline is not being able to feel then how do you know that there is anything to feel? Do you see what I'm trying to say? It's like, how do we know that things are not right on an energetic level? You know, do you see that with men that they come in and they're like, everything's fine. There's nothing here to rectify. How how do men know when to do the work?
1: So, yeah, yeah, I, I really like that question. And, um, you know, it, it does always come back to that. If you don't know, then you don't know. You know, that, that's, that's the first part of it. And um, what I've come to learn and accept about people around me and my life and um, that even in my eyes, I could see a th- hundred things that they could do to better themselves as a man or just as a human. Yet if they don't want to, then who am I to judge so that, that's one part of it. I've really learned to accept that. You know, I've, got, I've been on this spiritual journey for a while. I've gone to be, thought I was the preacher and knew it all. <laughs> Had to let that one go. That, that wasn't very well received. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, 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 I've, I've withdrawn all that now many years, many years ago. So... Yeah, that's one part of it. Is that like not everybody has or needs to do the work? Maybe they just that's what they're here for, just to live a life of mediocrity, you know? And again, mediocrity is my own judgment of that as well. You know, they might be having a good old time in their world, but on the outside, I might not see that. So there's that. But for a man to know that he's got to do the work, I think he's just got to be really brutally honest with himself and look at the state of his outer world and see what's really going on. What are his relationships like? what's his health like, you know, what's his work like, is he fulfilled, is he satisfied, is he miserable, you know, where is he, is he, and, you know, it's unfortunate that some people have to hit rock bottom before they do something about it, you know, and it's the other side of this is, does a man have people around him that are willing to call him on his shit, call him out and, you know, tell him, Hey bro, this is not cool if he's not feeling good about himself and his world's turning to shit, then, you know, at what point as a man do you take responsibility for that and start to build your light, rebuild yourself or look at yourself. And yeah, I guess it would just come back to health and how your outside world Mm -hmm. looks. And if if one man, if a man is willing Mm or not.
0: Yeah. So just following that path of if a man is actually looking at his outer world and reflecting that there are changes to make, and he's maybe feeling some kind of dis-ease in his internal landscape, I know that it can be quite difficult to know where to start. I'm interested in how you got started and what tools and practices and lifestyle changes you found the most powerful. I know that you experienced quite a big rock bottom yourself so what were the steps that you took to clamber out of that? And what would you recommend to men seeking to grow in that kind of way? And I know that you've got breathwork and Qigong in your arsenal. So yeah, if you could speak about all the different things that have supported you and what you would recommend.
1: Yeah, cool. So the first thing that came to me when I was really feeling a lot of trouble and didn't know where to go is I reached out and seek the help of a counsellor, and that was that was very new for me that I just remember sitting there in the office with him crying crying in front of this man I never met because he was showing me empathy and compassion you know for and I was angry because I didn't have a father and I repressed it and held onto it my whole life and it was a story of my life you know so I got, got somebody to finally hear me and listen to me so that was the first step for me and then I moved on to like spiritual healing doing different modalities like theta healing and kinesiology and I mean, kinesiology is kind of science-based, but there's a spiritual aspect to it. Well, the people I was seeing anyway, and you know, I've tried different energy healing modalities, which was cool, and they really worked. Just helped me unlock unlock some some emotions and things like that. Uh, but the 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 major things that really worked for me were a men's group. You know, I can't emphasize enough how important they are you know, and, and men or friends around you that you trust who are, are there to call you on your shit, The men and other men or even women that who can, this is what helped me as well as that I'm able to speak vulnerably about what's going on, speak truthfully, authentically without judgment or without somebody trying to fix me unless I've asked asked for that, you know, asked for advice, which is a big one. Um, and the other, one of the major aspects was forming a morning practice. So making sure I get up, each morning at least six days a week five six days a week and doing something for myself before I turn my phone on before I start my day and start giving my energy to the world so that for me is these days is stretching doing a little bit of movement stuff and Qigong Qigong and some breath work as well to have a morning practice as a warrior energy as well you know get up and it's you know do the same thing or something similar every day and it just really, to me, for me, it just sets me up for the day. It's also me respecting myself. It's me continuing to progress with my energy by going deeper in with a progressive practice like Qigong, where I'm I'm continually clearing out my energy field, breath work and things like that, you know. And it's just just and this is tapping into the subtle energies. You know, there's always obviously, you know, I encourage men to do a workout and things like that as well. Or, you know, whatever it is that they need to do. So that that's definitely priority. Um breath work as well i'm a practitioner facilitator of a trauma release breath work that's why it's very practical there's a science behind it it's you lay down you breathe and a majority of the time something's going to happen and it's going to be transformational for for whoever does that so that's that's you know, right there all you need to do is participate and go into it so that's that's major that's that's really to kind of get, getting popular around the world now and for for good reasons because it's a self-healing modality where it's it's practical you know for for the, the skeptical person of spirituality and things like that then hang on <laughs> you can be as skeptical as you like but if you lay down and you do the breath that's the breath the breath pattern that's been asked of you i can guarantee something's going to happen unless you're trying to make it not happen you know so that's it's it's good to have skepticism you know healthy skepticism let's say you know just just if i mean i'm all about it. i'm way open to everything all the things you know so i'm good but not everybody's like that so breath work's a good way that's like a full breathwork journey you know like a good one hour breathing journey is uh transformational
0: i read somewhere that to be to be a, a, a good proper skeptic you have to go into everything blind and try it to disprove the theory right (laughs) yeah
1: yeah you know and that's you you can be a skeptic but then be a skeptic of you being a skeptic and then and (laughs) then 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 i'll let you be as skeptical of me as as you you want sir or madam whoever you are (laughs) love it yeah those those are the thoughts that really work for me and they're very a lot of them are very practical Mm. you know and it's if you continue to show up for yourself every day that's self-love you know that that's uh Self-care, these are the things that every human needs, Mm. not just women who take a bath every night and that's what people deem self-care, you know? You know, it's like, no, it's for everyone.
0: Yeah. So how did breath work, when you discovered breath work, what did that start to shift? Because obviously you've talked about it being a mechanism for trauma release, for bringing up feelings, for bringing up emotions. And I suppose for somebody who actually really struggles to get into their body, it does bridge that gap, right? So, if you could speak a bit to that and what that kind of allowed to bring up in you and what you've seen it bring up in other people, um, then yeah, could you talk to that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, first few times I started doing it, it was like I was releasing these negative energies from me. I felt it was like I'd be laying there breathing, that I'm just seeing, it's like I'd been blanketed or cloaked in this energy. That had kind of been suffocating me to some degree, you know, energetically more so than I could still breathe every day. But, and I'll just kind of see this stuff kind of leave me and like, oh, wow. And then I feel more free afterwards. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. There's something to that, you know, and it's, I, I believe we all perceive energy. We, we all see it, but a lot of people are in denial of that, you know, that it's like, because we've never been taught and because it's not physical in the physical realm. So anyway. Coming back to, it, and what else have I released in breathwork? So that's, I was starting to just feel more free and more open with it. Mm-hmm. Um, shed lots of tears from my childhood, you know, just just re- realizing things. Um, my brother and I have always had a bit of a rocky relationship, my younger brother. And one time at the end of a breathwork session, it's like his spirit came to me. Uh, you know, I just saw this vision of him when I had my eyes closed. I'd been breathing for like an hour. And then he was like, I just want you to know I always wanted a brother. Why weren't you there? You know, whether I made, I didn't try to make this up. So anyway, and then next thing, I'm just bawling my eyes out, crying and crying and crying. And, you know, then I, a few days later, I rang him and said, look, this is what's come up for me and to helped me start to be a bit closer to him because we had a bit of a rocky relationship most of our lives. So mm. that came up. I mm. wasn't thinking of that. I didn't go on with that intention, but that's what came up. And it was real for me. Wow. <laughs> so that that's cool. another thing. And um, another, another really major one for me, it was, I'm not going to say abstract, but it was, I was at uh, my good shout out to the O2 awakening. My friends uh, Lucas and Heller, they call it Awaken now, uh, really powerful breath workers two close friends of mine. And I was laying down, breathing, at one of their workshops, and I reached up and I wanted I wanted to reach out for help because I needed some assistance because I felt a little bit stuck and I wanted some care because that's what facilitators do in Breathwork they can help people I mean that's what I do as so well I'm good at that mm-hmm. and then I was taken back to a feeling more so a feeling of when I was a young child I was molested by a family member. And I was basically conjured into or forced into not being allowed to tell anybody else. And I had a memory of when I was a child, lying there in my bed, isolated and alone, wishing I could tell my mother what had happened. And I couldn't. When I was in the breath work, symbolically, I'm trying to reach out for help and finally reaching out. You know, then I was like, oh, fuck, I am a man. The man in me that's breathing, you know, and I was obviously I was traveling back to the little boy in me as well, trying to feel the feelings for him. I put my hand up, I reached out for help. Somebody came over, gave me some assistance. And at that point, I was able to really like release that energy, that pent-up energy by yelling. I just like yelled. It was almost like me taking my power back from what had happened when I was younger. And kind of integrating the fact that I can speak up, I can speak out, you know, and I I always can, I always do, but there's, this is multi, you know, this is multi, we're multi-dimensional. There's so many aspects of us that were perhaps shut down as children and things like that. So that's, that's a few experiences of mine. They, yeah, it's just helping bring stuff up that has been repressed from the past that I hadn't dealt with, you know, and there's, for me, there was quite a few things, ha ha ha. And that it's, yeah, it's very freeing. And you, once you do it, you can't go back because it's released, it's been integrated.
0: Wow, dude, that's so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And through resolving all of these traumas and kind of short circuiting these stories that we've created as a result of these decisions that we made you know, it liberates us into opening up so many different avenues, you know, as adults and so many different parts of ourselves. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of that. That's super powerful. How do you feel? And we've kind of spoken about this in terms of, um, you know, men's groups. How do you feel that men can most powerfully support one another in that evolution?
1: Yeah, there's uh we're big on our, in our men's group. I'll say how not to support a man unless he asks for it is just when, when a man shares openly and vulnerably about something that's going on from trying to fix him or trying to give him advice without him having wanted or needed. And he needs to understand what he wants, his needs when he's sharing openly like that. But the, the ways to support a man are witnessing him when he's sharing his feelings, his emotions, his blunders, his shames, you know, his, his shames <laughs> i don't know if that's a word but his shame and all the rest of it and s- perhaps sometimes reflecting back what you've heard and how that applies it to your own life or what that brought up for you as a reflection and go oh you know and generally we all come to a circle and we've all got the same shit going on it's just explained differently <laughs> from from each man's uh, experience so yeah t- quite often it can just be reflecting back and letting the guy, the bro, know that he's been seen and heard, you know, seen and heard in it. And, yeah, again, like I was saying, reflecting on also how that's going on in your own life as well. Not to, if, But if a man's sharing, it's then another man's reflecting. It's not for the man reflecting to then make it all about himself. But, you know, just to really let this guy know that he's been, he's been witnessed, he's been seen and heard. And quite often that's enough you know, depending, you know, depending if, or it might open the door to the deeper stuff, you know, where the, where the real deep shadow work starts. But that's a way it's also having, you know, calling a man on his shit in a way where, you know, you can do it where he's not going to close down. Uh, holding each other accountable. I've got an accountability group uh, with two of my other very close friends and each Monday we meet and we, we talk about a whole bunch of things we're going to do for the week. And if we don't do them, then we've got to put money on the table. You now, this is kind of funny in a way, but it's at the same time, it's serious. It's like, fuck, you want to show up, you want to be a better man, then these are the things you've got to do. So, accountability is a big part of that. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, you know, it's well, us men, in my, my view, being around a lot of vulnerable men and men and their emotions and stuff, we're gentle creatures, you know, we're sensitive, just, you know, like we don't like to admit it. And I'll, I'll speak for all men here. Maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll be challenged on that, but it's you know we we need comfort and safety as well. You know this is this is and if you look at it collectively, then this is like a new frontier really. But for, for manhood, and it's only really become about in the last 30, 40 years, and more so in the last five to ten years where it's been taken really serious now, and we're going into you know deep deeper stuff and really learning about what we've repressed and you know the shame and guilt that we carry and project onto others or hide and, rep- and really hide our natural expression of who we are so yeah just just creating a safe space safety mm. is the is the first is the first thing that comes up
0: yeah awesome how can women support men on this path
1: uh, i love this question i love this one so living in ubud you lived in ubud for a while you know what it's like here so i'm going to speak from my surroundings here but then also what i what my personal opinion what's needed in the world and i'm fortunate i've got a really bunch including yourself of good women that just loved me and adored me and respected me and my journey and my imperfections and you know that that's what a lot of the women around me do for me and the other men around me as well so just to you know i've i'm not really surrounded by it but i've heard women talk before where they're like more uh, feminist, you know, where they're man shaming, hating on men and things like that. And it's, I don't get into those sorts of debates and arguments, but I'm just, I I don't fully agree with that. You know, like blaming men for everything. It's like, why, why should I be blamed for something that happened, you know, by a man 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I understand it. And I know that lights to fire up people's asses to women's asses to really do something about it. But if you really want to help men is to just to learn, to understand, ask questions and withdraw your expectations of how a man should be, you know, if your feelings are being hurt or you, if your feelings are being hurt or you're feeling unfulfilled as a woman, I would call upon you to speak about it in a way where you're not blaming, demanding or judging but to speak vulnerably just as us men do in men's circles and to talk to your partner or talk to the man in the office or whoever it is and let him know what's really going on. And to really see that, you know, t- just take back, take responsibility for your feelings as well as a woman and to see that this man that you're getting hurt by, he may not have it all together. And if you wish that he did have it all together, then the next step is patience. So let's talk about a woman in a relationship with a man now. So yeah, I've got, I've, I have in-depth conversations with females all the time. Um, I'm, I'm, i very lucky to have some really cool ones around me. And so I, I call them, or I call them on it, or we at least speak about about expectations. You know, the unconscious expectations that are there. They're unspoken because they might not be known by the woman, yet it's creating feelings within her that is she's feeling unsafe or feeling hurt. And like I guess I already kind of said it before, but they need to be spoken about. They need to be highlighted and understood. So therefore you can create a safer container for your partner. But you know, if your man's not providing that, there's one way to not go about that. And it's to blame and shame him for not doing that. (laughs) I've had that stuff before and it doesn't work. It didn't work for me anyway. Perhaps maybe it might light a fire at some guys' asses, but definitely not me. That's for sure. Like I, Pointing out my flaws doesn't help me want to grow. Doesn't help me come closer to the woman that I love, and that I'm already shamed about because I'm not man enough. You know, whatever the story is, I'm just giving examples here. So there's there's a high level of acceptance needs to be had within relationship, and that that to me is how a woman can support a man. Um, You know, there's various other ways for sure, and but to expect a man to be something that he's not. And trying to push him into that. If he doesn't want to be there, I would say that that's a tough place to be in. And you know, I've had, I've, I've been quite direct with it sometimes as well, because I have spoken to women. I, I can't remember if I did on the podcast ages ago, but anyway, it was what if the woman's growing, and the man is not, and then she's she's growing a little bit more, and he doesn't want to, and yet she doesn't want to leave him and wants him to grow, and then is starting to get pissed off and starting to you know like expect things from him that maybe he doesn't want to do so with instances like that then you've got to really weigh up your options and go is it worth staying or can i be strong and safe enough to move on and know that there's somebody else out there i mean that that's kind of off topic but I, I i i always like to point that bit out because i've there's been i've had i've seen too much and witnessed too much like man shaming and I mean, I am I love women, so don't get me wrong. I'm not having to go at women here, but it just seems very easy in our society to shame men and blame them and they're wrong and they're assholes and all this stuff. And it's like, have you ever really sat down to understand what's deeply going on inside of him? And if not, then just withdraw that. And same, you know, same goes for men, to women as well. I'm you know, just, just answering your question, how I think you can support a man is to just deep acceptance and... You know perhaps be as muse as well if you're in a relationship just show him what 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 he's got you know and is mm-hmm. that is that enough for him to want to grow and be a better man.
0: Mm, yeah. I find it fascinating like me and my partner were talking about this the other day that I find it very unhelpful like that narrative of men shaming, you know, and you hear it so like unconsciously and you know and just in just in society of just like, oh, like classic man or like whatever. But just having that kind of narrative is actually just so unhelpful. You know, if we're all moving towards this same place of wanting to grow and evolve, then actually holding space for men to do that and holding like the torch of, of creating that space for men to do that is so, so, so important. Um, so I'm really glad that you brought that up. And women also stepping into, and we, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of the of the recording but women actually taking that place of being in the feminine in their relationship. Like, I feel Mm. like it's taken a lot for me to do that because I, because I'm quite a, what would we say? uh, A strong willed woman.
1: (laughs) Uh, Really? (laughs) Really? You? (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) I've always, I mean, I have found it easy to kind of like lean into that, like, masculine dominant role within the relationship which kind of like eclipses like a man's masculinity like a man's ability to rise up within the relationship but the more that I have been able to like take a step back and actually employ my healthy masculine within my work or within other areas of my life and then be able to sink into a place of being in my feminine within a relationship dynamic it allows the man to rise up right you know I think that and, and women trusting a man to do that it's like this mutual sense of trust but that's when you start to create something really strong you know within the two of you and then play within those within those dynamics and both support one another to rise into kind of your highest
1: can i share an example of that what yeah yeah yeah. please about. do please do yeah, yeah I, th- I think this is this is what is lacking in relationships and what is really desired for especially within women I have these again I have these conversations all the time so I had a relationship a while ago I was dealing with my mother's stuff and my mother was being projected onto my girlfriend so therefore she didn't Mm -hmm. feel safe and she at times where my I was working through my wounds but left her feeling unsafe on you know on a biological level so therefore she took the masculine role at times And Mm. that was fucking hard for me in the first place, you know, because I'm wounded and then my girlfriend's like the stronger one at the time. And yeah. And hindsight, looking back, I'm like, wow, you know, that must've been tough for her. And then she was like poking at me and, you know, like be a stronger man, all this sort of stuff. So it was tough. It was a really tough place to be. And uh, I learned to deal with my mother wounds and cut, you know, like become a man, let's say, you know, in my own right. Mm. And then I, the next relationship I stepped into, I'm the man. She's the woman and I'm happy with her. I'm as a man. So we, you know, it was a very conscious relationship and she had a very strong masculine because she had a work and all the sort of things she needed to do. And then when she would come see me, she would fall into my arms and then her whole body would just sink and drop and relax. And mm-hmm. I'm standing there. I can feel my feet on the ground, my head connected to the heavens and my heart open and just holding her. And it's just, It's a really beautiful feeling, you know, to have a woman Mm. surrendered like that and so trusting of me. And like you said, it does. The more she surrendered and trusted me, the more I can step up my masculinity too. She wasn't trying. She felt safe enough to to relax into me, you know, and uh, this is the problem that I've met a lot of women here, and especially in Uber, you know, they're very successful women, yet they're unable to drop into that feminine because of the overdrive of the masculine. Whereas the relationship mm-hmm. I had, because I'm, I'm fucking strong. I'm a strong man. You know, I've really cultivated that now. So my, my lady felt that. And that also translates into the bedroom as well with intimacy, you know, where she was like, and I, I tell you what, that's a gift from God when there's a woman there with me, whose whole body she's just given over to me, you know, she's a I'm just here. I'm here. I trust you. And just to have her whole body just there, and I mean, I, I took that very seriously, you know, and it's like, wow, that's, that's just something else that's created like the whole tantric kind of loving that we had. And there's, mm. yeah, just kind of coming back to it, it was what you said around, yeah, that I could rise up more as a man and she could dive more into being a woman. So we had these really strong, strong, healthy dynamics of she was. She would say to me, oh, this is the first time I have ever felt like a woman. Thank you. And I was like, wow, okay. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, this is just me being me. And then that's her getting to be her because she's never been able to do that before. So I think it, mm. it's, it's, it's happening more and more. And I think that there needs to be more education around this or more awareness around this in a language that everybody can hear. Because the way yeah. I, I hear it is more like in the, the spiritual community, let's say, and they're using language, which I understand, but not the common guy. Um, you know down the road it's going to hear and and really take on or understand and I think I see that's what's missing you know I go back to New Zealand I see some of my female friends who are in relationships and they don't know that they don't know but I can see it pretty intuitive that something's missing and they they can't can't quite see it and so yeah I, I got a first-hand experience of what it's like you know to to, to be in that dynamic and it was just beautiful. There was just so much love. I mean, we parted ways recently, but in a beautiful way, because it was just life's heading in different directions, but the amount of love that's still there and will always be there because it was healthy. You know, it was, we knew our roles, let's say as man and woman.
0: Yeah. And I think it's so healing when a man is able to take that role consciously within a relationship. And when a woman is able to take that, to take that role consciously, you know, I think that, looking back you know I've done a lot of work over my relationship patterns over the last year and I just made a decision I was like I just don't want to be in that masculine role anymore within relationships I want to feel held I want to feel seen I want to feel supported I want to feel surrendered I don't want to be the caregiver I don't want to be the mom I don't want to be like kind of molly coddling a man within Mm. a relationship and I was looking at kind of parts of me that like Have done that, that have overstepped, that have wanted to facilitate growth and evolution in the other person. So I kind of like drag them up and shame them, and like looking at all the kind of like good bits, the bad bits, the ugly bits, and actually being like, I really want to be in my feminine, and in doing that, it allows my partner to rise up.
1: Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I fucking love hearing this. Seriously, that's that's a complete opposite of the whole man shaming thing, right? And a woman. Yeah.
0: You
1: know, and it's kind of sorry to cut cut off but it's something no, no, came no. Up for me, and it's around you know codependency people get into mm. these codependent relationships and perhaps for example like what you're saying is i want to fix the man i wanted to you know try to make him on so where does that come from that's mm-hmm. is that is that the adult woman or is that the the child still trying to fix her fix something from it as a psyche still trying to fix something from childhood so you can be an individuated Mature yeah. adult. So well, it's also yeah. me
0: trying to control something. It's trying, it's like me yeah. trying to project my experience onto the man, which ultimately disempowers him and then makes me feel unsafe. You know, it's like, I mean, there's so much to talk about here, but you know, I've oh, I've spent like yeah. the last year unpacking a lot of this stuff, and you know, I think especially like as independent, strong women, we can kind of get into this like I don't need anything else in my life type thing, but actually being able to be in a dynamic where you can surrender, where you can relax, where you can just be, be held. Oh, it's so healing. <laughs> yeah. So healing. And then wow. it means that you can use that independence and strength and masculine in other parts of your life that really need that, you know? And yes, it's it's so beautiful. You know, I sent a really long message to my partner the other day, just saying that actually just witnessing him in his masculine and then him being able to hold me in my feminine is so deeply healing for me in terms of allowing me to trust men to trust the world to like trust the masculine within myself and allowing that to rise up you know I think that there's so much there's so much there and also just being you know being allowed to be in my feminine oh it's amazing so so we have we have a lot of work to do here together I think men and women and you know this is why it's this is why it's not helpful to have this kind of, well, why I think it's not helpful to have this kind of feminist leaning of like, the women are here to evolve and do the work and the men are just over here, like behaving badly type thing. <laughs> you know? It's yeah. not helpful.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's, that, it's that type of attitude. I still see that from time to time. And I'm just like, I could challenge them on there when I hear that type of jargon, but I'm like, ah, that's, that's, that's your shit, you know, but it's, yeah, that, that mm. doesn't work either. It's mm. like, ah, oh, The men need to step up and do the work because the women are powerful. It's like, fuck, come on. That's your own experience. You know, if I'm talking to this person, that's your own experience because you're not ready to have something more because you haven't done your deep inner work. So therefore your whole reality is based on having some quote unquote unavailable man. What if he's just mirroring back to you where you're not available? But yep. again, a topic for another time, and I mean <laughs> vice versa. I remember, I'm not just. I remember, I'm. I'm being careful here not to sound like I'm going after. You know, anything other than just being. I'm. I'm in the middle. I'm neutral. It's yeah, good. yeah.
0: I hear you. I hear you. No, that was a big thing for me. I, I mark. I heard that on Mark Groves. Uh, create create the love, where he was like if you're constantly finding that you're attracting emotionally unavailable people, it's you that's emotionally unavailable. I was like, oh, (laughs) fuck, I've got some work to do. (laughs) Uh,
1: uh, It's it's so clear for me to see that every time. I mean, there's almost, where here in Ubud, there's almost, I would consider like a stereotype or archetype of women that come to town and they're like, oh, it's all these little boys everywhere. Are they unavailable men, blah, 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 blah. And I can tell straight away with their posture, the way they're holding themselves, everything that, they're not ready and that's okay, mm. but they can't see it because it's too hard to go into, you know, the dad wounds or whatever it is underneath that is just that's that's deeply hidden. So then therefore they're living a life of creating these unavailable men to come into their life to remind them, but they're not ready to be reminded fully. You know, you know yeah. what it's like? Everybody's coming here for healing. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Okay, so just following on from that, how can men support women in their personal evolution? Do you feel?
1: Yeah, this is a good one. When the first thing that comes to mind is to take away your, I'm talking to men here, projection is not the right word, but having your, your wife or your girlfriend, and I'm going to talk more in relationship here, as opposed to what what a single man can do for the evolution of women, to you don't want your woman to be your therapist you don't want her to have to lean on her for all your emotional issues all your fears all your fucking struggles at work and all this sort of stuff she's not the one to dump all that on that's more so what you do at a men's group or with a therapist or healer or a coach or something like that and of course you intimacy is about sharing you know all the the uglier side of oneself as well but to rely on your your partner your female partner to clean up all that mess or be with you in that mess is I think it's detrimental to to the relationship mm-hmm. as a whole I've, I've studied up on the stuff around evolutionary psychology and how a woman feels when a man's sharing way too much it leaves her feeling unsafe and then therefore she's got to step into a masculine and this is all unconscious and then you know the dynamics out and the intimacies shifted and all sorts of stuff so that's that's definitely one way Another way is I'll be a little, perhaps a little bit more controversial here, but it's, it's about porn and, you know, really, really learning to step back from that. And, you know, if possible, or, you know, like just take a fucking step back or stop it altogether because of what that does to the brain, to expectations unconsciously. And then if, if you know, I would, I would question a man who's got a porn addiction and got a partner, is he feeling fulfilled or unfulfilled in his sexual intimacy with his partner? Due to what he's experiencing when he's having a quick fucking, a quick quick wank or something, you know, <laughs> and then what that's doing to his brain and is he feeling fulfilled with his partner because it's not some fake ass shit on on a red tube or whatever it's called on a screen. So, to to learn about a man to learn about his own sexuality, what it really is, and I mean this is from from my experience, relatively new stuff. You know, I've gone really deep into this. Perhaps a conversation for another time, and yeah with i think objectifying and that would come back to the porn thing as well objectifying or expecting a woman to be a certain way of it and not accepting her and know, vice versa as well but it's you know being disappointed if she's not what you know what you see on television or what you see on you know just just a high level of acceptance for for who she is and for a man. and coming back to what i said at the start was to fucking build your strength outside of the relationship and you know if if, if, in my opinion my view here is that the mother the attachment to the mother or the mother wound is so deep you know a lot of men may not be able to see that i think it's we need that more than ever but if, if possible to learn to see i'm speaking to men here how how you are looking for mommy in your partner you know and if you can start to even step some of that back and just learn how to be a strong man and when i mean strong is like in more aspects of your life taking responsibility for your projections for your fears your emotions and just really stepping into your own king and how, however they look for you so that that's a few things i would think how to support a woman i don't know about the whole like I mean, I guess that would relate to the whole as well of like men, masculine, feminine, rising into more healthy healthy expressions of that, you know, so we can come together more and be closer to each other and understand each other more. And it's, yeah, for a man to have his own men's group or, you know, and I keep coming back to this, or, you know, having somewhere where he can dump, unload some of his crap, you know, that he's got going on in his life without having to load it up onto his partner. I think that's of most importance.
0: Mm. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay. So just finishing off them. What is your vision? Do you think with the way that you perceive the world and where we're at and the vision that you have within your, within your work, if we all start to lean into this work more, where's your vision of where we can Mm. be?
1: Do you think on this planet? I like this one coming together in community, uh, doing the healing work, and allowing the, our, our gifts to come out and that there's going to be a whole bunch of leaders. You know? And it's taken me a long time to learn how powerful I am. I'm a leader now. You know? If I had not have done my, my inner trauma work you know, and done my work, faced, faced my pain, then who would I be? A guy that could have potentially gone to jail or be in a miserable relationship in a shitty job I don't like. So that's just one example, You know, firsthand experience of like, I've done my work. Now I've found that I'm a leader in a particular area in life. And perhaps there's other people who, who if they really recognize who they are by letting go of all these dense emotions and feelings inside them, you never know who they could be. They could have such a great gift to give this world that could move humanity forward in the right way. in the way that we really need to, to evolve, right? Because it seems like we're in a pretty stuck in a funny place right now let's say when i say funny i mean i don't, I don't I want to be you know polite about all of this but it's there's a lot of good there's a lot of good stuff going on obviously but i mean you know if you want to look at the, the negative side of it, what's really not happening then so more healthy leaders and forming uh, more communities more open open-minded supportive communities but then we have weekly meetings and check in with each other we support each other we trust our neighbor you know, all these things and that would that would only come from when we've released so much of our fears you know the it was the and my own example my own life is my fears they kept me from connecting more deeply with people the more i faced my fear and realized it was not real the more i heard myself learn to love myself then i can love another and trust another because i trust myself now so i i, I know it's, it's, it's kind of big 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 subject but that's what comes through for me when it's like you do your work, then you get to find out who you are. You might be, I don't know about you, but if somebody told me 10 years ago, hey, you'd be uh, on a podcast talking to your friend about like doing breath work for people and coaching people. I would have said, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so you never know, you know, had, had I not done this work, then I might not to have this experience that I'm having now. So I, hear you. That, that I would, <laughs> I say something like that is just to plant a seed of inspiration of anybody's on the fence of like, Wanting to do some, have some change or something like that. Just learn how to build safety within yourself and face face those. Your gold. It's all your gold. Maybe you might just have to dig mm. a little bit.
0: Beautiful. Taking the ceilings off our own experience and allowing ourselves to step in whoever we're meant to be. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Just finishing off now with, yeah, just an invitation for you to share um, what work you're stepping into. I know that you've been working with men. Um, over the last few years and also yeah I know that you're stepping into some different directions so if you just want to share what you're doing right now
1: yeah cool 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 so I've been pretty quiet here in Bali for the last couple of years only because of well you know what was happening nice. and it was just a time just that yeah life and pandemic and all this sort of stuff so it was just time time to chill a little bit more go inward and um, but before that I was traveling back and forth to New Zealand and to Melbourne Australia where I was doing larger group breathwork workshops, which I'm going to get back into soon, which was cool. I like that. helping a big group of people uh, heal their traumas or release, release stuff that was no longer serving them. I also do that one-on-one with people in person and online. Uh, I also have my signature offering, as you would call it. It's a 12-week one-to-one coaching and breathwork program that I take men through. But today... I'm now putting it out there for the first time. And I've been sitting with this for a few weeks and it feels right. And it's my new mission is to start working with women as well through coaching and breathwork for a 12-week program. And what I, what I do through the program is we just, we just look at all the different old beliefs and just build a life based upon values. You know, what do you value? Just really clearing out all the old muck and coming into a place of empowerment. Generally, the people that come to me are leaders of some sort or, you know, own a business or, you know, something like they just want to upgrade and up step up their life. And I'm just there to sit with them, take them through their inner world a little bit, shine the shine the light on some things that I can see that they couldn't see. You know, it's always good to have somebody to do that. I have people do that for me too. And yeah, so that's that's what I really love doing. i pretty much sure I'm going to move back to New Zealand soon and really open up and expand my career to beyond what I can even imagine. And I know that's going to happen. I've got a lot of power and energy coming through me right now. So yeah, that's the invitation out there. If any ladies out there are feeling like they'd want to work with a man, you can always contact me. You can always have a chat. I'm curious. You know, I've got a lot of women around me. I always helped. I was just saying to Megan before before we jumped on the recording, it just comes naturally to me, funnily enough. And I was like, I no longer wish to identify as just doing men's work. You know, that's, um, I'm, I, I want to open up because my gifts are also working with women because it's i know how to respect and hold space for a woman that comes naturally to me. Awesome.
0: Yay. well thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom. It's been so great hearing about your journey and yeah, i definitely feel very inspired by this conversation. So, yeah, it's been really great having you on. So, thanks for being a part of it.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you. You're you're so good at this and i just felt very comfortable and of course we're friends and it was just really nice to have this conversation and hear and see you see your face how much you've changed over the last couple of years and just yeah if you ever want to do this again you know where i am
0: yeah for sure yes please let's do this again very soon <laughs> so there you have it folks wasn't that great i've listened to this episode a few times myself and i've got so many takeaways I hope that you do too. I would love to hear your feedback. You can get in touch with me via my Instagram at love underscore with Megan. And if you wish to dive deeper with Steven, which I would thoroughly recommend because as you just heard, he's a truly epic human. All of his information is in the show notes. Please do take a moment if you've enjoyed this to rate, review, share the podcast with anybody else who you think would benefit. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. I truly, truly honor that time is one of our biggest commodities in this life. So thank you for listening. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Be kind and I'll see you again soon for another episode of the Higher Love with Megan podcast. Big love.